0: Health leadership organizations have identified interprofessional education and team based care as a critical component of healthcare. Today, we're going to talk to Graham about interprofessional collaboration, and later, we're going to hear from Kate Renier, Exec VP, and she's going to give us a glance into joint accreditation. Welcome to Coffee with Graham. I'm your host, Melissa Simmons. This is a new podcast where we'll discuss different topics in healthcare with ACCME President and CEO, Dr. Graham McMahon. In each episode, we'll get a professional perspective on the latest issues in healthcare and find out how CME is shaping the future for clinicians and educators. Thanks for listening. Hi, Graham. Nice to see you today.
1: Great to see you, Melissa.
0: What is IPCE? IPCE.
1: IPCE is an acronym that stands for Interprofessional Continuing Education. It means education that's planned by multiple types of professional for multiple types of professional that function as a team. And it's different from what many people think as co-location. It doesn't mean that you design an activity for nurses that nutritionists happen to attend. It's designing an activity for nutritionists, nurses, and whatever other types of medical professionals are there to learn together as a team.
0: And how does IPC help break down silos?
1: Well, there's a lot of hierarchy and separation amongst the medical professions historically. And that has reasonable historical precedent and rationale. But that rationale has created barriers between individuals in terms of understanding what a nurse today can do, what a doctor today can do, or what a physical therapist can do. As a result, there's not clear ideas about the comparative skills of members of a multidisciplinary team or a multi-professional team. IPCE allows team members to come together around a common principle or chronic disease, for example, and describe to each other what they can contribute, whether that's through a case problem-solving approach or just a didactic approach, explain to each other what each of them can bring to the care environment. And that's very powerful because now... If I have questions about compliance, maybe I don't spend my time in my clinic managing that myself. Maybe I turn to my colleague in pharmacy and say, you know, my pharmacist colleague are experts in compliance, or my social work colleague is expert in helping patients be compliant with their medicines. That's who I'm going to use most efficiently and effectively. Breaking down silos between professionals by understanding what we can give to a particular scenario, understanding how to optimize their use, allows us to respect each other for our individual competencies and skills, and to utilize each other to the best extent possible. I don't need to see as an endocrinologist, for example, all patients with a particular condition. Many of those patients can be dealt with pretty simply by using another healthcare professional. And maybe my time is best used on areas of difficulty that are most specific to my level of competency or performance or the things that I know that maybe some of my colleagues don't and vice versa.
0: What's your experience with team-based care?
1: I love being a doctor. I love providing uh, care for patients with diabetes and endocrine conditions of all sorts. Uh, But it's interesting how much it's evolved to be a team sport. Uh, It used to be the day that patients with, for example, type 1 diabetes would see the diabetes specialist. Uh, They would go home with a prescription for what they need to do, and they wouldn't necessarily see other members of the team. And that has changed radically. I probably see a minority of uh, the patients in my practice with type 1 diabetes now because I share care with a variety of other healthcare professionals, which includes nutrition, diabetes nurse practitioners, uh, nurse educators, and others that include medical specialists like an ophthalmologist or a podiatrist, for example. So all of those are a team to care all around the patient. And me trying to provide care across all those dimensions would be very difficult, uh, if not impossible. I just don't have the expertise of that depth and breadth. So in order to be an effective doctor for patients with complex diseases, particularly in the chronic domain, you have to be a team player. And that involves effective communication, involves collaboration, it involves mutual respect and alignment and involves optimal utilization of respective skills that requires a team to go through the processes of understanding each other and then relying on each other so that they can provide optimal care.
0: So spreading the workload can help reduce the burnout and improve communication between the team.
1: For sure. But it creates new challenges too, because now you have to communicate what you have done or what you need a colleague to do with you uh, or for you and the patient to be able to provide care. So it de-emphasizes maybe the individual work that I might have to do around educating a patient, but it increases the requirement for me to spend that time that I might have spent educating the patient on communicating to the nurse educator what I need him or her to do.
0: So you touched on it a little bit, but how exactly does the team develop
1: Well, there's a whole series of team development strategies and processes that have been illuminated by psychologists over time. Many people listening will have heard of forming, storming, norming, and performing the stages of group development. And those are very typical in a medical environment, too. One of the unique challenges that we face in the medical environment around team creation is that there isn't always consistency of team members. In an operating room, for example, you may have a different team forming every day with the same surgeon, even around a similar procedure. In a chronic care office, like an endocrinology office or a diabetes unit, you may have a very consistent team where the same nurse educator works with the endocrinologist, for example, um, on an ongoing basis. That longitudinal relationship makes team development much easier. But the demands of team formation and norming and storming, etc., all of those phases can occur in a rapid cycle if people coming into that environment are accustomed to deploying their team function experience and expertise in a consistent way. So you can do this in a variety of different ways, but it's, uh, it would be ignorant to think that it, you can get away with not doing it if you're trying to collaborate effectively in op- providing optimal patient care.
0: Well, that's interesting. And what's the role of IPCE in team development?
1: So IPCE is the mechanism by which interprofessionals learn together, or professionals from a variety of professions learn together. Interprofessional continuing education, or IPCE, specifically is when professionals from a variety of different types come together to learn how to function and perform together as a team. Traditionally professions have been educated in their own silos and nurse would learn in theirs and endocrinologist would learn in theirs and really never the twain shall meet but that has been changing and changing for the good if i'm trying to provide consistent care for patients with type 1 diabetes for example it's much more effective if i my nurse educator my nutritionist and my medical assistant all attend an educational program together about comprehensive care for the patient with diabetes than if we attend programs separately. Now that's not to say there aren't unique educational expectations for a nutritionist as compared to a care coordinator. Of course they're different, but if we can learn together, We can use that time not just to learn best practices in our care field, but also to develop our relationships with each other and learn our respective skills and how to trust each other. In most cases, IPCE is required to be designed by the team for the team. And that's in a very different construction than a variety of professionals attending an educational program designed for nurses, for example. That may not be optimal for the nutritionist in the room or the endocrinologist. But if the program is designed by the team members together in a planning group coming to say, how are we going to construct a program around improving care provision for patients with type 1 diabetes, it's very likely that everyone will have their needs met through a collaborative effort, even if there are breakouts by professional type at some point during the ultimate activity.
0: So when people put time and effort into something, they tend to care about it more.
1: For sure. And you can generate a lot of beneficial outcomes by bringing a team together in an educational enterprise. Remember, education has its own convening power. Just by putting on education for the team, you elevate the recognition of the team as a unit. You create opportunities for those relationships to develop amongst team members so they can storm and norm together and form and be able to perform. But uh, you also allow consistent information to be shared, so there isn't as much information asymmetry, which can cause challenges between team members. It also allows an individual in that room, whether it's a nutritionist understanding what a nurse educator can do or an endocrinologist understanding what the medical assistant can do, so that they can all work together to provide harmonious and seamless care.
0: And as you know, uh, there's evidence supporting the relationship between engagement in IPCE and improvements in healthcare providers' attitudes, knowledge, competence, and performance. How does this? Uh, how does IPCE address issues in healthcare?
1: Well, because it creates the opportunity for people to meet together and understand each other, it allows the formation of the team itself. But secondly, it allows the team to identify its needs as a team and build on those skills. So while the endocrinologist may want to know about one component of a type 1 diabetic care, the nutritionist may want to know something else. What patients may need may be different of both of those needs, and in fact more important that both of them know how to communicate something to a patient, for example. Team-based educational design tries to align those needs so the needs of the team are prioritized over the needs of the individuals. And that helps to promote uh, collaborative practice, uh, shared insights, avoid information asymmetry, and allow the team to focus on things that help them perform together.
0: What processes have you seen being used for team development
1: I think the most important process is to be attentive to a process and help a team know that they are a team, first of all. So name it, identify how long the team will be together, what its primary function will be, and then allow the team to go through its development phases. Sometimes those have been characterized as forming and storming and norming before they perform. Uh, back in the 1950s and 60s, this was understood to be some of the mechanisms that teams have to go through to create a harmonious working environment. The first thing you have to do is to form the team and help team members know that they are part of this team and what the overall goals of a team might be. The second is for that team to start to storm, which is where there's not naturally trust or insight into each other, the team has to work out the comparative abilities and roles and functions on this team to get to the stated goal. But then the team has to norm. It has to start to allow each of the team members to function in those roles and give responsibility accordingly between team members, where they're starting now to trust each other and actually get towards the goal by collaborating and cooperating. And then performing is where the team is now doing that flexibly and nimbly and effectively and is able to perform the work collaboratively and take good care of patients in our case or do good research or perform in the operating room.
0: So when a team is functional and happy, that benefits the patient
1: inevitably that's true the working environment and how we work together protects us as professionals from problems like burnout because we have colleagues we can rely on and that's a very insulating feature of being a professional in today's chaotic Mm -hmm. and challenging medical world I've certainly experienced that myself and relied on team members to help me take care of patients but also to take care of me and I've also taken care of team members I think that is one of the beauties of teams, is that it takes advantage of the respective skills, but also shares responsibility for difficult circumstances and allows us to take care of each other as people. And nurturing that skill, that competency amongst each other as professionals, helps us stay anchored in the value of our work.
0: Well, I think that's very beneficial to the healthcare industry as a whole. And I think we're doing great work with IPCE.
1: Indeed, I am very proud of the work we've been doing in joint accreditation and in IPC in general. IPC is part of the solution for the challenges that face us as a profession. IPC helps us bring people together to collaborate and function better. It eliminates many of the anachronistic silos and hierarchies that used to exist between professionals and allows us to take advantage of the diversity of skills that are apparent amongst the different professions. Great, thank you. Thanks, Melissa.
0: If you enjoyed this conversation, we're always looking to extend the discussion on CME. Feel free to reach out with topics you'd like us to cover or let us know how you're addressing these issues in your organization. Thank you for listening and catch us on the next episode of Coffee with Graham.